How we doing, folks? It is Matt Whitmore, one half of Fitter Food. I hope by now you know this. The other half, of course, is Keris Marsden, who is sat cosily next to me on the sofa in my mum's caravan, of all places. What's up, Keris? What's up, Matt? What's up? Guys, this is episode number 30 of Fitter Food Radio, which I think is a little bit of a milestone, somewhat. 50 would be a big, bigger milestone, 100 would be an even bigger milestone, but we're at number 30 now, which is awesome. We've got another Q&A episode coming up for you. Uh, before we get into the Q&As, a uh, massive thank you for, for everybody that, that did get in touch with their questions. We've got some epic questions to cover, so many, in fact, that we're probably going to record episode 31 immediately after this episode because there's just so many questions that we'd probably never get through in one episode unless it was about two to three hours long, which I don't think anybody wants. So before we get into it, though, I thought we'd have a little chat, Keris. Why not? We don't do chats. We don't talk often. No, we just work. Too busy working, <laughs> yeah. So why don't you tell everybody what you've been up to of late because uh, you've uh, taken up a new activity, haven't oh, you? I have a new hobby. Yeah, so as Matt mentioned, we're staying in Stratford-upon-Avon at the moment and every morning I walk Hamish and I've been seeing these people rowing on the river um, and kept like thinking, I'd just love to give that a go. So I've signed up for a learn-to-row course, as in river rowing. Uh, I've obviously rowed on a a gym row machine before so not a complete novice but it is completely different and the reason um I just wanted to chat about it a little bit was to, it's just been an amazing experience really because I said to Matt I'm going to go on do the do the course I have to say like the first couple of lessons have been a little bit sort of slower in pace than I would have expected so we didn't even get in a boat in the first session <laughs> we just got to learn about a boat and I was sort of sat there like dying to you know like, chomping at the bit like when do we, when do we get on the river um, and we learned how to row on a row machine first, um, which mm-hmm. again is really different and just not 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 how I've been rowing for years, and certainly how most people don't really row on a row machine. But yeah, so that was interesting, and I had to almost check myself and think I, I signed up to this because I want to learn to row, not because I want to you know to have a workout or anything else. And I had to really sort of rein it in. Yeah, just check myself a little bit. And the amazing thing has been that there's seven of us on the course. There's actually a course every single day. It's so popular. Um, and so on my course, they, they limit it to seven people, but there's about, I don't know, courses running each week. And we're all from different walks of life. So there's some older people, there's some people my age, um, some people have experience, some people are completely unfit and are using this as a chance to get fit. <laughs> it's a bit like the full Monty <laughs> rowing, <laughs> because at some point we're going to get in the eight-seater boat and row together, and it's yeah. just going to be so funny. And we've ended up, even just two lessons, um, becoming really good friends What's quite interesting, actually, is uh, you know how you can never remember when you first meet seven people, it's hard to remember names. One of the girls in the group was saying to me, she anchors a name by giving you a nickname straight away. Um, and she said to me, as soon as I met you, I nicknamed you Special K. And that's how I remembered Keris as your name. And she said, I just thought Health Special K. Uh, and I was like, right, we need to have words about this. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't want to be Special don't K. Know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, just, um, I've, I just fully advise everyone to go out there and learn a new sporting skill because um the other thing that's really this week we did get in a boat which was brilliant what do you think rowing is all about so what what are the main muscles that you would use in rowing primarily your legs Legs. people think it's upper body don't they people certainly use their upper body way too much for sure well that's what he said in a gym when people and i used to do this put the rowing machine at level 10 you're predominantly using upper body and rowing is is supposed to be about 90 percent legs 89 percent legs so when you're actually 
over rowing, it's hardly any arms um, because what you're doing is driving through the heels and the, and the seat. I never realised that the seat moved in a proper rowing boat. Uh... <laughs> no. But when you see, they don't have, the seats don't move. So yeah, but how can you bloody compare a freaking higher boat compared to a rowing boat where people actually bend their knees and extend their knees yeah. with each stroke? Well, so yeah, it's all legs. And I, uh, yeah, I felt a bit daft about that. The other, what do you think the second group of muscles that you need um, in rowing are? Core, blimey, that's a tough question. Do you see what I did there? (laughs) Core. Yeah, basically core. And who do you think make the best rowers? So which people from which sporting or active background make the best rowers when, when they get in a boat? See, I got this from being a personal trainer. Who always had the best core when they came to you for, for sessions and who would always, you know, have an, an amazing core strength? Know, like a dancer or something. Yeah. I said, I said dancer slash gymnast. And who else? You'll never get this one. Uh, I don't know. Horse riders, Horse yeah? riders. People who are into horse Is riding. Is that a sport? Make, <laughs> Matthew, make amazing rowers. Because it's all about core strength. Core. Um, and yeah, and one of the reasons that it is, well, river rowing is, is I didn't even think about this, because you've got to hold the two oars and the boats are so narrow. And I've, I realised this when I actually got in the boat. Basically, if you haven't got the core strength to, to balance the two oars and you have to be able to lift the oars out of the water when you're going under bridges, that's going to be one of the tests I have to do to be able to, before I'm allowed to row up the river, I've got to be able to lift the oars out of the water and cross them over, which doesn't so, sound that So technical. you can fit. Yeah, I'm actually excited about that challenge. I'm like, bring it on. Um, and then lastly, the, the funny thing was, when you get in a boat, this is quite funny. That got demonstrated to me by the coach this week. Well, Bearing I... in mind, that these are so narrow that, like, it's... I can't even... Explain. About the width of my hip, the boat is. So, and they're so quite narrow that they... they <laughs> shut, <laughs> shut it. That they tip. You walked straight into that <laughs> Yeah, no, I did. <laughs> is it that big? <laughs> I thought it was smaller. <laughs> so, how do you think you get in? even run and jump just no. make sure you land straight <laughs> <laughs> you know it's basically a pistol squat wow so you step in on one foot and then you literally pistol down and and that's why the coach was saying he's like 50 he's like my days of getting in these boats are over you know he did years of rowing and, and had to he went to a really high level and then he's sort of retired now but yeah you had to pistol which so you stand with one leg in the boat and then pistol your leg into the foot strap, which I was like, this is so cool. No this is like using things I've been learning for years and years: core strength, single leg squats, and balance. Um, but in a way that the I was only on the river for like I don't know, not even ten minutes, and it just flies by. And the whole time he was saying to me like, lift your right oar out the water and then use your core to hold the boat steady and stuff, and you can feel your abs firing. But didn't you um, have, like, boat stabilisers on? Yeah, but that... <laughs> so, yeah. so when you first go in... You weren't going to mention this. No, when you first go in... This was my first trip in the boat. They put these big floats on the side so you can't capsize. However, they come off quite quickly. The, um, there was an advanced group on the water at the same time as me, and four of them um, actually capsized that day. So it was a real lesson. Like, I think that at some point I'm going to capsize and you've got to be ready for that. We have training apparently in a swimming pool. for, But it, it looked so cold. It was quite a cold day. And I thought, oh, my God. That's just... Uh, half the fun's falling in. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. They just looked freezing. Um, it's not deep. I mean, the, um, the River Avon, you know this, is like, it's only about waist high when you're actually yeah, in it. Yeah, it's not deep at all. Bits, but... Yeah, so I just wanted to say it's just something that I've I've done and I have to just say it's been amazing and encourage everyone to go and learn. I Actually, there was some in London. Do you remember um, yeah, there's a few loads, years loads ago? Yeah, there's clubs in London. We'd actually considered going on a 12-week course in London, not done it. Um, and now I really wish I had done because everything, even um, 
sort of midweek, uh, one of the girls was like, should we hire a canoe and just go out together and do some canoeing? And so it's already for me becoming, there's like a bit of a purpose to training. Yeah, but I um, think also like, you know, somewhat rebelled against gym training, haven't you? Like you, you much prefer just getting outdoors now. Yeah, definitely. So it's great for you to, to get outdoors and, and Stratford-upon-Avon is an absolutely beautiful part of the country. And if you haven't visited there i suggest you do it's it's just a lovely little lovely. place to have like a, a little weekend break lots of great places to eat and whatever um the, the, the council <laughs> to say this in any way but i've been coming up here for years because uh my family has always come up here and it's just it is lovely and as Keris mentioned you know just getting out out on the river it is beautiful and well there's also like stand-up paddling and, and canoeing and but but one thing i would say is it's so nice seeing in the advanced group which is completely full um, that come out the same times as there's about 10, 12 of them. It's so nice seeing so many people using it as their exercise. Um, one of the women was saying she'll never set foot in a gym again because she loves river rowing um, and she looks really fit, really healthy. Well, to be fair, you know, I mean, I know it's a bit of a different ball game altogether. But when you see these guys, you know, like, and girls, yeah. you know, like the you know, like Olympic level rowers who are just insanely and their power output is ridiculous yeah yeah you know like in terms of you know how many people turn around and go i absolutely love rowing like in terms of on a machine yeah hardly anyone does because it is <laughs> no. brutal yeah you know and i can just imagine that when you start getting good and can actually start putting some bit of elbow into it on the river you know what i mean yeah, it's, it's yeah. gonna no, be no, it's gonna be, be tough be it's gonna be really hard work and you will get super fit i don't i mean that, that was never you know that wasn't necessarily always the goal i just wanted to learn the skill of it. I mean, he was saying that it's a very social rowing club and they row to the pub on a Friday and row back. Yeah. And I love the idea of that. pub crawl on the yeah, water. Yeah, I think that's great fun. And they do picnics and stuff. And uh, But yeah, he said, if you are interested in competing, one of the, listen to this, one of the practice sessions they did is um, a 17K row on a rowing machine. Can you imagine that? Oh, wow. So we used to do, do you remember I've like 10,000? I've 10, done 10K 000, before, yeah. 10, yeah, that's 10,000 metres we've done, haven't we? That's 10K. We double that, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so it's, nearly, it's going to take you nearly two hours, surely, on a rowing machine. Why about 40 minutes to do 10,000 took meters? me just over 36 minutes. Oh, yeah, here we go. Because I'm just an animal. What yeah. can, you know, what can you, what can you do? In fact, <laughs> in fact, you should do 17K and tell everyone how long it takes you. There's oh, your God. challenge. Probably die of heart attack. But then you've got, you've got back into rugby as well, haven't you? Oh, I'm glad we brought it to me. <laughs> I, I like talking about me. <laughs> well, no, Let's I, talk about me. <laughs> it's a funny one because technically I haven't really got back into rugby. I've gone back to training, which is awesome, and I've been asked to play, which is awesome. Although I've you yet got, to you play. Got, you got what's it called when they find models on the high street when they, they pick up people and say, "Would you like to be a model?" That's what happened to you in the gym. They went, "Would you like to play rugby?" Yeah, well, no, it's quite, I got chatting to these guys at the gym who, you know, could, clearly played rugby, you know, and got invited down to, to, to the club. And it just felt amazing just to, to put my boots on again and my skimpy rugby shorts and just have a good run around. And it was a bizarre experience because, as I've mentioned before, I had a shoulder operation two years ago and I haven't played any rugby since, you know, so I've done no form of, like, contact work. So it was my first... And this was full contact training, which at first... I was quite nervous about because, you know, I'd not, whilst I've been training since my operation, I've never kind of done any kind of contact work and actually like some real impact work on my shoulder. So I was a little bit reluctant, I suppose is a good word, to 
to kind of go in 100% when we were doing like some of the tackling and some of the pad work and just running a few drills. I was quite cautious. After a few hits, I thought actually it feels good. And then I just gradually started putting a little bit more in, a little bit more in and, and shoulder feels really, really good. And it was great to just open up my legs again. Jesus, I felt like I haven't sprinted properly for so long. It's it's such a different feeling when you've got a ball in your hand and you sprint. And Well, you hate doing... Um, you would never come out for a run. Hell no. And you would never... Even <laughs> we walk about sometimes with Hamish and you go, this would be great for hill sprints. It's just, I've seen just you a, do it twice. A mere, a mere observation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you never set out the house and go, I'm going to start to do hill sprints. It, it, <laughs> If you liked hill sprints, this, this would be, be great. Good. Yeah, but put you in a competitive environment like, I don't know, touch rugby or... Touch or, rugby? No, what did we play? Um, oh, what's it called? Ultimate Frisbee we played at yeah, Primal yeah. Con and anything like rugby and you're just all over the shop. Like, yeah. As in, was, as, in all, as in sprinting everywhere. Sprinting everywhere, yeah. yeah. It's just you have a different head on your shoulders. So it feels good to be running around again. It feels good to be involved in like a, a team environment. I will be going training tonight and I will be playing on Saturday. So it'll be my first game of rugby for... If in episode 31 I'm not here, you know why. <laughs> I died in action. Oh, don't say that. That's awful. <laughs> or, I can't, or I just can't move from the bed. Do you know, I did say to... Um, someone was asking me the other day about rugby and whether what I thought of it as a new playing it. And I said, I fully and wholeheartedly love you being involved in sports. But rugby is just the one where... I don't know if it's that stat that scares me about every match is like a 30-mile car yeah, crash. Yeah, that's a silly stat. But like... also, when I ended up in A&E with a bloody sprained ankle, everyone else around me was either a rugby player or a five-a-side football player. And some of the rugby injuries looked pretty nasty. Yeah. Uh, one was a massive head injury, wasn't it? And it it is scary. But although I saying that, how did you roll your ankle? <laughs> Walking when we were yeah. out on a walk. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, but but I think like the, the wrist. See, so like you got nothing. It's just the wrist, I think. Well, the thing is, your your risk of injury is increased somewhat if you were to just be sitting on your ass doing nothing. But then equally, you know, there's a risk when you go to the gym. There's a risk when you you're going for a run, of injury yeah. or whatever. You know, yeah. like. Be, work on your foot speed so that they can't catch you. That's my motto. Right. <laughs> the faster you are, the less likely you are to get injured because yeah. they can't tackle you. There you go. Any rugby players out there listening? That's my number one <laughs> bit of advice. Just don't get should hit. Should be a coach, man. <laughs> I know. Be a coach. Honestly. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, so that that's pretty much me. It just feels good to be back and 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 moving again in ways that I wouldn't normally move when I'm in the gym. Because that's the other thing I was saying to you, that I actually had severe doms after the first training session back of rugby and I felt quite nauseous at some points, even though the training wasn't as, you know, I've pushed myself in the past or at rugby training previously, but it's just because I think my body's been so used to just doing, you know, the same old stuff in the gym over the last couple of years. And, you know, like I said, like the multi-directional work, agility work, sprinting, short rest periods, you know, it was a surefire shock to the system, but... Well, should we talk about another exciting thing just very quickly before we move on to questions? Well, yes. Uh, I, I believe you're referring to our visit to the Paleo restaurant. Yeah, in Leamington Spa. Spa, of all places. Everyone's like, where's Leamington? It's just before Stratford-upon-Avon, so basically... In the Midlands. About, in the Midlands, about half hour before Birmingham. Don't do that thing that men do where you explain it in detail. Just off of uh, Junction 13 <laughs> of the M40... You take uh... a left up that road. <laughs> no one's listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, the f- so, so this restaurant, Paleo Restaurant, is actually called... That is the name of the restaurant, not that it's a restaurant that serves paleo food. Um, the name of the restaurant is Paleo, and we came across it on Facebook, didn't we? Yeah. Um, as we do a lot of things these days because we spend so much time on there uh, with our online plans etc 
and we just figured, oh, where's this place? And it just so happened it was literally uh, 15 minutes away of where we're staying in Stratford-upon-Avon. So it was only right. We paid it a visit. Yeah. Um, so we went, we went and it, it, this is funny, right? Um, we got there just towards the end of the breakfast menu being served and just before it was going to carry over into the lunch menu. So as both options looked great, our starter was from the breakfast menu <laughs> and then our mains were from the lunch menu and we just kind of had a bit of a sample didn't we and oh it was great paleo think... pancakes we had toast <laughs> well which was this is, okay this is something that we, we should probably discuss a little bit because there's been a bit of a a bit of a backlash i've seen um just banding about on facebook in that there's this thing of how can you call yourself a paleo restaurant and serve pancakes and cakes and toast um and bread and things like that Obviously, you know, it's it's not like the strictest version of paleo nutrition, but it's a version that is going to appeal to the masses and going to get so many people engaged with this as a concept and yeah. as, a, uh, as a, you know, uh, and trying to learn a little bit more about it. It's, it's a great, like, uh, you know, sort of PR opportunity for paleo nutrition in a way because the food is awesome. And actually, even in terms of the paleo breads, they're made with, coconut flour and psyllium husk so they are just basically gluten-free um mm. slightly more nutritious versions um of platforms for butter <laughs> essentially and that it was yeah so and it's Grass-fed great butter. yeah and it's great to be able to eat out and try these new things i mean we we don't make paleo cakes and breads on a regular basis do we we no. found we went through our phases of that found we ate way too much of them felt worse um, gained weight if anything and, and ditched all that and just kept with you know sort of eating going back to what we love doing which is is mainly paleo nutrition yeah without any of the baked goods but it was really nice to be able to eat out and sample that and things like the salads were absolutely fantastic yeah. the burgers the chips are cooked in beef fat so you know you're having these foods that you know we, we tend to have like at the weekends you know a bit more indulgent types of um meals but they're just cooked in a better way with really good fats. Because um, that's the biggest thing, isn't it? Normally eating out, A, you kind of have to question the quality of the produce. You never quite yeah. know what you're getting. But then equally, it's often what things are cooked in are, are a bit of an issue. It's not the end of the world. You know us, like we're pretty laid back. And if you're eating out, as long as you're making, you know, predominantly good choices, you know, it's no drama if something's cooked in a bit of sunflower oil or vegetable oil. It's just something you don't really want to get into too much of a habit of. However... It was nice to go somewhere where you know that things are either cooked in coconut oil, grass-fed butter, or, uh, as Keris said, like beef beef fat and things like that, which just tasted phenomenal as well. Yeah, and what they've done actually is, I can't remember, when we asked about how they intend to sort of forward with it, they're very much, there's nothing in the restaurant really that would tell you about paleo nutrition. When you go to Hugh Kitchen, so that's the New York human, uh, Kitchen for Humans, yes. when you walk in there, everything is written all over the walls about... Yeah. The water is reverse osmosis. Um, everything is cooked in coconut oil, and it's all about paleo nutrition in in your face, which is great. Uh, but in paleo, you walk in, and other than um, a lovely sort of statement on the the, um, the bathroom toilet uh, wall, there was nothing really, was there? No. They hand you if you ask for it um, a little information sheet about paleo and just say how it's food we were designed to eat, etc. Uh, and we asked about this and said, why isn't there a bit more about you know what you're doing and how this is why, really healthy why are you doing it? yeah and they said they don't actually want to 
preach to people. They want people to come out for a meal and enjoy a healthy meal. Yeah. Um, and, and not, not have it shoved it down their much. throat, essentially, yeah. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> I is, asked the guy cool. who... Because it's, it's quite cool, isn't it? Because one of the owners is uh, comes from a personal training background and I believe is quite into... Um, CrossFit. CrossFit. Uh, the other owner is... I can't remember her background. She uh, has um, multiple sclerosis and has used nutrition and training correct, to help yeah. heal... So, she, so um, she's got an awesome... Heal herself. So both of them are very passionate about it and very, you know, incredibly knowledgeable and, and everything from, like you said, the condiments are homemade, so the ketchup and everything is all yeah. homemade. Um, you know, just, I, I, I think it's amazing and I think well, it's... There was quite a cool story, wasn't there? Because you've got one guy who's a personal trainer, another woman who's had um, like MS and has managed to keep it under control through nutrition and lifestyle. Yeah. And then there's obviously the chef... The chef himself, this was all very new to him, wasn't it? Like, from what we gathered, you know, this this dude is pretty damn qualified and has worked in, you know, tons of top restaurants in London, um, has got an awesome CV. And this opportunity came up to work in this restaurant, of course, very, very different to methods of cooking that he would have been used to in terms of, like, the ingredients, etc., etc. But it sounds like they found this guy who kind of just loved the idea of a challenge, um, and took on the role in the kitchen and has just come up with these like amazing ideas, really, really simple like dishes using all the kind of principles of, of paleo. And I have ju- to say that the, the, the breads, there was different versions of the paleo breads that he, it took him apparently weeks of trying Trial and error. different things without doubt. Yeah, well, there, were, there was two. One of them I weren't overly keen on, <laughs> but that's just me. And then, but then there was one that was, that was awesome. Uh, good old lot of butter on there. That was fantastic. It sounds like he's still like working on it as well. You know, he's still trying to master it, according to one of the guys. But I, I was, I was pretty impressed. It was the best paleo bread I'd ever tasted, ever tasted for sure. But so, guys, if you are planning a trip up to the Midlands, or you know, you are going to have a weekend up in Stratford upon Avon on our recommendation, highly recommend you uh, either book yourself a breakfast there on a Sunday. Um, the Sunday roasts look, which we didn't try, but we're going to for sure. Um, or treat yourself to a nice dinner there. And, and yeah, let them know. Matt and Keris are fit of food. Recommended you. Cause or, or give us a shout if you're going. We might come down. We might meet you. <laughs> yeah. It's dog friendly as well. We'll bring Hamish. You yeah. can meet him. Um, yeah, so guys, definitely, definitely check them out. And if there's any CrossFitters listening to this, uh, they're actually building a CrossFit box out the back. And I thought, that's pretty awesome. You know, you've got a gym out the back and then you can just go and have a, an epic meal straight afterwards. God, we're like 25 minutes in and we haven't started the question yet, so I'll be really quick with this. But just to say that um, if you do, as a regular listener to the podcast, you'll I'm be excited about this. familiar with the lovely Emma Myhill and awesome Anna Marsh. Um, Both of which have been, well, Emma's featured twice now, hasn't she? Yeah. Um, so uh, we have teamed together, clubbed together. We've been talking about this for a while. Um, I've done a few other um, conferences and spoken and I've thought, you know, it'd be really nice to get together and do one sort of specifically aimed at women covering nutrition and health and some of the common things that both uh, that, that Anna, Emma and I are constantly dealing with when we're helping clients. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've put our heads together and we have launched a, uh, a women's health conference. <laughs> we're still actually trying to come up with a name we're for it. We haven't actually decided on a name yet. Something, no. something catchy, something <laughs> that, you know, gets the, the message across but equally sounds pretty cool. I had by women for women. 
but I'm going to be there. You're going to MC so. the day, so that doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's that out Matt the will be there, topless, just to no, use <laughs> the draw. Um, so yeah, and it's on She's the... Lying. Uh, we have a date now. It's the 29th of November. It's going to be in London, in Greenwich, uh, at this point in time, at Novotel in Greenwich. We're just confirming that with them. Um, and it's from nine till two. So please book that, put that date in your diary and start to look at train tickets if you uh, uh, need to travel down for that. We have limited spots. Um, we've got some great guests coming along, just um, people like Wonder Woman, um, Susie from Greenwich. We've got yeah. Primal Kitchen coming along. Um, Paleo Britain will be there as well. So some great people are coming along um, just so it's a chance to meet up, really. It's, it's not just a social gathering. No, no, no. I mean, they will be there because obviously they, you know, it's a sort of shared interest. And, well, um, on the day, um, the lovely Emma is going to be covering digestion and gut health. Yeah, um, it's really exciting. So Emma's going to be covering digestion and gut health. I'm going to be covering stress and adrenal fatigue. Um, everything from nutrition, lifestyle, supplements, um, a lot of stuff that I've tried and tested on myself and clients and where I think you achieve most success and where I think you're wasting your money and your time. Um, and some big, big sort of um, uh, light bulb moments for me because it's just been an ongoing journey for me with adrenal fatigue as, you know, as many women actually that I work with. So some great stuff there. And then Anna is covering, this is really exciting. I can't wait to hear about this as well. Uh, how to change your carbohydrate intake based on your menstrual cycle. So because your needs are different as the hormones um, elevate and, and sort of uh, fluctuate over the month um, she's going to be adapting nutrition for that so mm -hmm. three totally different talks all three of which um, I think are just going to be obviously I can't speak for myself here but the other two are going to be amazing and I know, I know I will put weeks and weeks That'd of be uh, modest. <laughs> well I know I will put weeks and weeks of, of research and, and time Listen, into mine and I, I'm sure they'll do the same stop talking Okay. <laughs> it's going to be an absolutely awesome day. We're all excited about it. You've got three absolutely phenomenal... Do I call you nutritionists? What do I call you? Um, well, all three of us... Are, I, Emma and I are both naturopaths. Well, Emma's a full-on naturopath. She's done everything, iridology and everything. I do naturopathic nutrition and obviously training, personal training, exercise. And Anna's the same. Anna is a nutritional therapist and a personal trainer. So you're getting... Um, quite a wide range of, of skill set there yeah aside from the obvious difference between men and women uh when it comes to nutrition training uh etc etc there there are some huge differences aren't there in terms of like how men and women separately should approach things and i think a big problem not a problem but something you see a lot especially in like magazines etc is a lot of the stuff that goes out there is 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 somewhat quite male orientated Definitely. and it's a you know people try and give this whole one size fits all approach and it's just not the case and you know when we do our online plans and obviously we have a mixed groups of men and women you know with different goals some are body fat based some are performance based some are health etc um you know and we tailor things drastically between between men and women and and it's just, this is a, just a great opportunity to kind of showcase all that information i just want to say as well Correct me if I'm wrong, Keris, but this day, you know, whilst it's uh, dedicated to women's health, fat loss and performance, etc., men are more than welcome because uh, if there's... No. Excuse me. <laughs> no, well, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, of course they are. You know, and well, what I was about to say was we've actually had some inquiries from male personal trainers and coaches who said, could I come along? Of course, because obviously they've got that interest. What I would also say, though, is 
Firstly, a lot of the information is relevant to both sexes, but you're right in that we are tailoring it specifically to women. The menstrual cycle bit probably is not relevant to, to any men. I'm not going to apply. They need to get their testosterone levels checked if, <laughs> if, that's if the that case, is an issue. Yeah. Uh, but there is also... Um, well, I know for me personally, when I'm not happy, Matt suffers. <laughs> so... I said to a few guys, this you know, is true. Bring, you know, if you want to, if your girlfriend maybe isn't on board with it, and you want to bring her along, <laughs> and... what's the saying? Happy wife, happy life. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's very good. Um, so if if you want to come along just because you've got an interest in in supporting a partner or sister or mother, absolutely. Um, and obviously, if it takes you to persuade them, you might want to come along with them um, to get them on board. So yeah, absolutely, it's absolutely fine. And the, the information is is relevant to to men as well in some in some some of the talks. So. But as Kerry said, uh, more details will be out there soon. We of course will be screaming and shouting about it on our Fitter Food Facebook page, Twitter, and uh, of course our newsletter, which um, is new and improved. I hope people have noticed how fancy it looks now because our awesome member of our team lynn peachy she's actually lynn welch now her business name is lynn peachy is it yeah still peachy still going with that yeah. like it um she takes control of our newsletter so if you like it let us know because i'm sure she'd love to hear because yeah, she, she puts would. a lot of work into it there was something else we wanted to cover but i reckon we'll skip that, Save that. Oh, yeah, because we have waffled for far too long let's get into these q and a's all right folks so once again massive thank you to everybody that got in touch because you know these questions essentially the uh, make the podcast so um question number one is from angela costin who has said just wondered why i can be good all day having breakfast lunch and two snacks then a proper nice dinner but then in the evening can't stop tucking into biscuits or absolutely anything i have in the house including good stuff but eat way too much sorry no i was just thinking about something right. <laughs> oh was you yeah, I've been thinking about the question, yeah, go on. Um, well, for me, I can relate to this. You're an evening binger. Because, you know, not so much now, but back in my, you know, not so fit of food days, I would also find that I could be good all throughout the day and then in the evening I would just pretty much go to town, so to speak, and I would have no off switch. However, uh, for me, what that was related to was, was the bigger picture um, in the overworking you know I was working far too much which meant I was quite stressed uh, also meant that I wasn't sleeping as much as I should have been so I wasn't recovering properly and it took so me you were comfort eating I was comfort eating like but subconsciously I think it wasn't like I was like oh oh god you know what my a horrible mom, day my mom always laughs about how much you comfort eat because she, comfort, <laughs> she she'll confess she comforts eats but she laughs at you because she's like oh Matt's such a comfort eater isn't he yeah. She always knows when things aren't going too great for us. Is everything all right with you too, You're sat there with a yeah, massive bowl of ice cream. Matt's got the ice cream out. Uh, yeah. Something must be up. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, for me, you know, you know, subconsciously I wasn't happy and, and, and hence the reason why I was having these binges and whatnot. So I would probably say, Angela, from, from my perspective, I would just say, you know, look at the bigger picture and ask yourself why you think you're doing this because... If you are eating clean, or I don't really like that word, if you are eating nutrient-dense that you enjoy and that is tasty and, you know, if you are cooking recipes from the book or our website or whatever that, you know, you like enjoy the taste of and don't feel like you're depriving yourself, then why do you feel the need to go home and, and binge on biscuits or, as you say, things that are healthier? 
such as maybe some nuts or leftovers, etc., and just eating way too much. You know, it is a big question of personally, like I said, look at the bigger picture. But another thing to think about as well is just is pure habit. You know, people have these habits of you know that 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 they've been doing for years, and in the evening is when like a bit of chocolate comes out or a small glass of wine or like you say, like a cup of tea and biscuits and et cetera, et cetera. And habits are hard to break. You know, ask yourself that question of why you think you're doing it and then try and get to the root cause. And then secondly, don't buy biscuits in in the first place so <laughs> you don't have any to binge on. Um, another thing we sometimes say to do to people is after you've had your dinner, brush your teeth. Yeah, that's a, that's an age-old, like, yeah. proper women's magazine health and You should tip. brush your teeth anyway. Yeah, course, but... <laughs> but it does work. I really think it works. But, but it is an but, age-old but, tip. But do the full works. Brush your teeth, floss, <laughs> do mouthwash, <laughs> so your mouth is minty fresh, squeaky clean, and you won't want to go through that ritual again, so you won't eat nothing. You just reminded me when you, I used to wear a... What are they called? Like, uh, braces at night. That, that was a good one. So you couldn't eat when you put your braces in. Your braces so. in. That that could be an extreme option, but what I was gonna um, say was it, I completely agree with you, Matt. And it is definitely based on it can be um, uh, comfort, it can be boredom's another big one for me. Even things like what I watch. So we watched last night. Uh, I made you. I forced you to watch uh, Great British Bake Off. Mm. I always want to eat a dessert or something nice when I'm watching Bake Off. I don't know what. Like it's just that I think it's just how the mind works. It's, you know. You see all those chocolate eclairs being made, and you're like, oh, I want a chocolate To be eclair. fair, they, some of them eclairs look pretty epic. They <laughs> did, didn't they? Um, but I suppose just from another point of view, um, we do have, like, a, a when it comes to willpower, I mean, the reason she's saying that she can do really well in the day is with willpower, we've got this limited pool. We sometimes talk about this in our seminars that we do. You have a limited reserve that carries you throughout the day, and we pretty much can exhaust it um, in the fact that you have to make yourself go to work, make yourself do a lot of stuff in the day that you don't necessarily want to do, and by the end of the day, you've just exhausted that, that sort of little pool of willpower that we have. And at that point, another part of the brain can often dominate. And that's the part of the brain which sort of um, it's, a bit, it's a bit primal and says, I really want this. Just go and mm. have it. And there's nothing to stop you because the willpower pool has been drained. We often talk about getting those hijackers away from you, yeah. uh, like out of your nutrition and away from you in terms of lifestyle. And big hijackers for me, things like um, too much sugar, too much caffeine, um, alcohol, and just having these things throughout the week can just mean that things like cravings and um, maybe just even, I mean, this is a bit complicated now, but they're affecting what we call dopamine, which is one of those chemicals that we release that make us feel nice and happy and satisfied. Yeah. Um, and we often joke that Emma Myhill, she says she's got this great, um, really high levels of dopamine because she's just always smiling and happy, yeah. isn't she? Yeah, and this is true. But when you have low levels of dopamine, we often want things like um, chocolate and coffee and, and crisps and things that will elevate them and make us feel better. Yeah. Um, and if we constantly give ourselves a dopamine hit through food, uh, dairy like cheese is another one, um, then we often need more and more and more. And um, by the end of the day, even if you've managed to say angelic throughout the day, you're probably going to give in to that, that craving. So I would start to say remove those hijackers from your nutrition um, think of things like, is there something missing? So are you perhaps too low carb in the day? And could, yeah. could you do with getting a bit more root veg or potatoes or rice in there? Um, are you perhaps deficient in some vitamins and minerals? Um, so again, just look at getting more organ meats. Um, uh, Omega-3s can al always be really, really helpful. Fats generally will help with things like cravings. So just adding a little, little bit more fat to that evening meal. Um, another thing I've often told people to do, because like you said, it's breaking a habit. 
is get out of the kitchen and get away, like put some space between you and that food. Mm. Usually once blood sugar levels are balanced, so if you do take out all the things that might be causing these cravings, it takes a few, a week or so. Um, some people say that actually going to bed really early can help with that after dinner thing. Um, so getting a bit more sleep um, and just spending a week trying to get over the sort of withdrawal symptoms of coming off the biscuits and then they find that they don't need them anymore. You know, like we've always said, don't we, like if people struggle with cravings, like you almost need to go cold turkey yeah you know and for for a decent a decent stretch you know and sometimes it is just a week two weeks just to kind of regain control a little bit but um i know something that i do if i have like a a bit of a sugary craving after my dinner um but i don't really want to be naughty um you know i am a little bit naughty from time to time (laughs) but um but you know if i'm not really in the mood to be naughty but i fancy something sweet uh, I might have myself a protein shake because I've got a really nice natural protein shake uh, that's by Solgar. It's called Way to Go, and I either have chocolate or strawberry, and that's sweet, natural ingredients, you know. And obviously, the way it's got some health benefits, etc., and it does the job for me. And I, that I treat that as like a little bit of a dessert. Or um, what I might do is I might make myself a cup of tea, normal tea with like organic uh, decaf tea bags. And I use coconut milk, and and then I put a little bit of xylitol in there as well. So I get the sweetness, and I have a nice hot drink in the evening after dinner. I don't do it all the time, but you know, there's just some ideas for some some things that are a great way to kind of curb like a bit of a a sweet tooth, so to speak, without the the negative impact of crappy food or biscuits. Yeah, I think your tip. I mean, I would say your tip of like get the crappy food out of the house. Um, and sometimes people say, oh, but it's from my husband or my kids, but they shouldn't, but, um, they shouldn't be in it either, to be fair. So yeah. get the crappy food out of the house. Uh, have healthy snacks in, which you've said, but you overeat those. And then I think if you, if you plan your meals each week and know that, okay, dinner is going to be turkey burgers and some sweet potato, I'm going to get my fats in there with some olive oil. So, you know, making sure you're getting those nutrients in. Din- and then plan a, a healthy dessert. So for a week, say it's going to be something like a bowl of berries, uh, with a bit of cinnamon and a, maybe some coconut flakes or like Matt said a protein smoothie and then just literally go and brush your teeth and then distance yourself from the kitchen and just that's your cut-off point and just go read a book, say to yourself you're not going to eat yet watch some tv some, something that really um, is nice lock yourself in your bedroom <laughs> do something nice so um, have a nice Epsom salts bath or go and read a magazine something indulgent so you yeah. don't feel that you're missing out in a way a film that you absolutely love or a series and and yeah, and I would do that and then try that for a week before you start to... I mean, there are other things you can investigate, but as I said, I would watch things like caffeine and sugar across the week because maybe they're triggering those yeah. those cravings as well. It's so funny because I just have this... I can just imagine Angela now coming, yeah, yeah, that's brilliant advice. So I'll just eat all the biscuits up tonight. Yeah. <laughs> start fresh tomorrow. <laughs> that's what I would do. Put them in the freezer. Can you freeze biscuits? I don't know. I've no idea. I've ne- they've never lasted that long. I had a craving for a biscuit the other day, but anyway. <laughs> One last thing I'd say is uh, things like uh, tyrosine and uh, I think it's B6 are really good for increasing dopamine levels anyway. So if you are uh, using it for comfort and things like that, yeah. those nutrients uh, might be a little bit helpful in, in just boosting up your levels of dopamine. Cool. Certain, If you just check online, certain proteins, certain meats are, are very high in tyrosine as well. A uh, question from Kerry Whitehouse. Uh, some suggestions around lack of libido and possible changes to improve it, nutrition, supplements, exercise, stress, etc. Know what you're going to say. No, go on, say it. 
Well, no, I was, I was going to say, um, you know, this is something that, that I cover quite a lot in our seminars, our presentations. Oh, I thought you were going to say, are you with the right person? Oh, no. <laughs> Why would I say that? I don't want to plant that seed. That's the first question everyone says. Well, no, like, <laughs> you know, there's obviously, there's a lot more to it than, than that. I mean... It's actually a really, really common problem. And I put it down to, um, I think, the first one. Yes. Definitely. Numero uno. And the nature of how stressful our, our lifestyles are. Because if you're in fight or flight mode, you're not in rest or digest, which is when reproduction would happen. So just the fact that we're just so bombarded with like information all the time, the body doesn't really have time to, yeah. to daydream about lust and love and, and hot bodies. <laughs> So our minds aren't even free enough to do that. Um, and secondly, I'd say nutrition is playing a big part in that um, because of the effect it's having on hormones, it's yeah. going to affect your reproductive hormones. Well, your, your libido is hugely related to to your you know the health of your hormones. And if they are healthy and you're happy, then chances are you know you'll have a decent sex drive, a healthy libido. And you know it's only natural that you know like if you make the link that in times of when things are quite stressful. Or you know you've maybe not been getting much sleep. That you know your your your, your sex drive's not as high as it normally is, and and that happens. You know it's it's going to happen from from time to time. And you know there's certainly things that you can address in that aspect. Um, you I know, think one thing to mention is as, as as soon as we've got high levels of stress, we've got high levels of stress hormones, um, cortisol and adrenaline, which steal nutrients and, and especially precursors like cholesterol away from. The reproductive hormones, so especially progesterone, which is a big thing for women, uh, progesterone deficiency, which can lead to things like estrogen dominance. But stress in women has two impact. It impacts testosterone in two ways, actually, in women. So they either get high levels of testosterone because blood sugar's gone AWOL, which is why we get things like polycystic ovarian syndrome and um, very sort of male symptoms of uh, so almost male appearances in women, like facial hair and uh, uh, male balding patterns and acne. But on the flip side, it can also um, steal, it can, it can suppress and lower testosterone again because there's that lack, lack of precursors and nutrients there. And if you think of one time that women often mention having a better improved libido, it's during pregnancy mm-hmm. when we've got high levels of all hormones. Um, and actually, hmm. I think it's because they're chilling out a little bit more as well. So there's that room for the mind to start thinking about... Well, I was going to say that that for me is the big thing. And I also think that there's a... I think there's a huge difference between men and women in terms of libido, in terms of, like, I think for a woman, the you know, there's a lot more to it than, you know, if a, if a guy's had a bit of a stressful day and whatnot, but then comes home to find his beautiful partner. I'm wondering where this is going. I'm like, sprawl, I put my hand over your mouth. Sprawl, and sprawled out naked on the bed <laughs> with, with candles lit. I don't think he's going to pass on the opportunity. <laughs> no. Whereas for a woman, you know, if they're not in the right frame of mind, they don't feel relaxed, or they don't feel sexy or confident, yeah. like that all plays a big part. That's and very good, Matthew. is that a good observation? Very good. Um, no, because I was going to say, you know, how you know, like uh, if if a woman's not feeling confident in herself, yeah. or she's not feeling sexy, you know, then she'd struggle to maybe relax in those situations. Absolutely, absolutely. Agreed. Yeah, and I think what a lot of women say is that actually. After having things like a few glasses of wine, they feel the libido return suddenly. And I think it's because of that relaxing effect that it has on them. You know, that they suddenly, you know, just feel a bit more chilled out and, and, you know, 
No, I think that's a great point. And actually, I read an amazing article recently about... I actually read it to you, didn't I? About, it was in Red Magazine or something about um, a woman who... Date nights have become really popular. And yeah. I fully, fully think that... I used to laugh at people saying they were doing date nights, but I actually think it's a really good idea where you arrange to put aside everything from gym workouts to cooking and um, kids and dog walking and whatever it is that everyday life just piles upon you. And your focus is each other time away from stresses um you know time alone so it could be a nice meal <laughs> i said i want to take it one step further with you and you've got, actually got to come around in the car and pick me up to make it feel real like a proper so day you've got to go away for a day and let me get ready and everything and then yeah, i pick you up at seven you've got to pick me up because that was part that was the best bit of the date looking out the window and waiting that's, for your date to arrive that's like role play <laughs> should i pretend to be a doctor yeah. <laughs> do one of your accents dr whip <laughs> do it ali g style <laughs> Anyway, um, so I do think this helps, but in terms of um, nutrition and supplements, um, what was the point? Exercise and stress. So um, I've had a lot of women say that actually cutting back on intense exercise yeah. helps with their libido. Um, so that is something that's worth trying. You don't have to do no exercise, but things like some yoga and some walking just calm it down. Getting more sleep would be really, really helpful here as well. Generally, with stress, um, I would say um, just trying to manage stress as much as you can. We've covered mm-hmm. this in, in previous podcasts. Of course, it's going to have it's probably going to have the biggest impact. Absolutely. So something like um, meditating, getting Headspace app, or um, doing a, a meditation class, or something where you can start to empty your mind, and you might find that those thoughts you're able to get those thoughts back. Supplement wise, um, you could consider things like maca is 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 renowned for its libido boosting effect. So, a tablespoon of maca in your morning smoothie, um, it's 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 actually you don't you don't like the taste of it. I find it quite yeah. easy to make palatable. You can disguise it in in a protein shake or actually make raw chocolate, which again is known as a bit of an aphrodisiac. Another one would be Agnus Castus, um, um, mainly aimed at women, not at men. I think it has a the opposite effect on men. It suppresses testosterone. I sometimes slip it in Matt's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Still don't work. Agnes Castus, um, and again, there's a really uh, nice alcohol-free tincture by, I think it's Nature's Answer that you can get on Amazon. The reason I say alcohol-free is when you are taking herbs, they're preserved in alcohol. And personally, I just found it awful sometimes waking up in the morning and thinking I've got to do that little shot of brandy. It's horrible. Um, so I always say buy the, the alcohol-free ones are easy because you can put it in your handbag and just drop it onto your tongue. So you're just more likely to take it if it's alcohol-free. Um, so Agnes Castus um, tincture would be um, another good one to have. Zinc is known for its uh, libido-enhancing properties, which is why we get this thing of you eat oysters. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, most of the foods known as to be an aphrodisiac are rich in, in zinc or oysters and seafood. So boosting up those. I'm not saying that you have to eat oysters every day, but definitely seafood generally. Um, and then just taking a zinc supplement before bed at night not because it's going to be instant <laughs> and you're going to get something happening but zinc is best absorbed at night um away from food so i would also look at zinc and again nutritionally um just just eating more nutrient dense foods so just making sure you're getting the cholesterol in there for a starter um to feed to make sure you've got the, the precursors for all your hormones um, so a slightly higher fat nutrition definitely works um, for most people and certainly in men I see amazing results really boosting up the fat on their testosterone levels um, so definitely start to increase that make sure you've got enough carbs in there so that the thyroid is functioning because if you have thyroid issues you're certainly not going to feel very fruity so uh, make sure you're getting at least 100 to 150 grams of carbohydrates 
Um, again, making sure you have enough fat and protein. I would say, though, you know, like, I mean, of course, all those things are important. I think, as you said, stress is is a huge factor because I think that stress kickstart a lot of decisions, you know. And if you are in a stressed state, you may make a poor decision nutritionally, which may then have like a, a knock-on negative impact on your mindset because you've maybe eaten a lot of food that you that you wouldn't normally eat, you know, like processed, yeah. you know, junk food, whatever it may be. Then that will then have a negative impact on your mindset. You might not feel very sexy, very confident. Don't sleep very well. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and it just kind of goes on from there. So I would just say, you know, focus on just eating well, eat foods that make you feel good. Try your utmost to just chill out as much as possible. And, and just be happy and, and, and be sexy, you know, like, you know, be, be confident in yourself and the things that you're doing and, you know, be, be, be happy in yourself. And, and, and that will naturally, I mean, that's easier said than done, but, you know, don't stress too much about, about what you can do to improve it because that alone might have a negative impact. Just, just focus on eating great food, getting some good quality sleep, not stressing. Yeah, I think, do you know what? And I think for some, some women, I do think it, there is. I should start my own. And chat show should. <laughs> you should do the women's health conference what could, what could it be called <laughs> matt matt says well i know i was about to say was that, that <laughs> there is a, a thing for women of of body confidence that is an issue and uh, for some women i do think this could actually be the place that you start in actually getting some help with counseling we're getting this increasingly aren't we um, we're noticing it on our plans. We're noticing it in individual clients. Counseling is a funny word, though, isn't it? Low self-esteem and 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 really not being that kind or, or good to yourself is driving all of these other things. So it's driving the stress. It's driving poor nutritional choices. Um, it's making you overtrain. It's making you because you're not not valuing yourself. And as much as um, I'm not going to mention this by name, but there's some some American nutritionists who are, who are really focusing on this, and I totally agree with them. It's just that when they do it. They are a little bit wishy-washy about, you know, you've got to love yourself. And it's, it's really hard <laughs> to be spoken to in that manner. I know it's it doesn't... It's cheesy. Yeah, it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't engage me at all. But I agree with it. And um, I suppose, I mean, one of the best people I know that works in this field um, and, it, and does a lot on um, body confidence is um, a naturopath called Debbie Cotton. And if you look up her website, the only thing is she's actually out of action because she's on maternity leave. But she would be the person that I would suggest a lot of women get in touch with and have well, some I'm, sessions. I'm more than happy to stand in <laughs> whilst, you know, so ladies, feel free to get in touch. <laughs> I can offer my words of wisdom, a man's perspective, you know. <laughs> would you do it as Terry Tibbs? <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> Confidence, talk to me. Um, for me as well, is that women need to learn how to accept a compliment because... I, I mean, I compliment you on a daily basis. You do? Don't I? Yes, you do. And they're always genuine, yet you never accept the compliment. Never just a thank you or anything. I am trying or anything. to. You know, you always kind of somewhat throw it back in my face. Whereas <laughs> ladies, like, accept a confident, uh, compliment. Like, if a man is, you know, compliments you on your dress, your legs, your bum, whatever, you know... It's a compliment, and as long as it's not, you know, said in a really sleazy way, you know, I think you should just, uh, I mean, obviously, I, I think it's rare that a stranger has come up to you and tell you've got a cracking bum. Um, <laughs> but then equally, I'm, I'm sure, you know, if, 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 if the guy was 
decent looking and said it in a nice enough way, you'd, you know, you'd probably take that as, a, as, as quite a nice compliment. I know I certainly would. If, if it was a man or a woman that said that to me, I'd, you know, I'd accept it quite, the compliment, I mean. To be fair, you do turn a lot of heads in the street. However... Oh, Kerish, you'll make me blush. Yeah, but I have to clarify, they're usually male. <laughs> well... More often than not, they're male. Listen, attention is attention. Um, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate it wherever it comes from, you know? <laughs> but anyway, we've digressed massively, but I do I do feel that this is an area a lot of women should address. Yeah. And Matt is right, and... and um, the, the, you know, the, when you do hear a lot of these American uh, professionals talking about it, they talk about accepting yourself, which is a big thing that a lot of women haven't done and are still striving for perfection in the way they look and how they perform in the gym and how they perform at work. And that's probably going to be your biggest enemy, your health generally, but definitely of your libido, because you're just never going to feel good enough for, for the moment, as it were. So loads of information there. Yeah. Make of that what you will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a bit of value there in there some somewhere. There was some resources somewhere. She's off the date night oysters. There you go, yeah. <laughs> With a double dose Mule, of zinc What's it called? Mules marinara. That's no, not as muscles, that's isn't muscles. it? That's muscles. That would be as good. That would work. Yeah. There oh, you go. One last point, actually, um, I should probably mention, and this is just something that a client fed back to me, which was um, when you are trying to feel better about yourself, one of the things, I don't know why women do this, a bit notorious for it, is, is making ourselves wear clothes that don't always make ourselves feel good. And uh, women, we, we always pick outfits that, you know, we want to look nice in. Uh, but it was a client of mine who just said, rather than sort of trying to squeeze into her skinny jeans every day, she started buying some nice dresses, which made her feel more feminine, a bit more relaxed about her figure, and, um, and started to feel a bit sexier. And it was just a, just thought, just make sure you're trying to yourself feel good, if that makes yeah, sense, in, in what you wear as well as what you what you do and... and you know, how you carry yourself. Stop wearing skinny jeans. <laughs> they lower your libido. Is essentially what I've just said there. <laughs> just wear, wear what makes you feel good. Yeah. Eat what makes you feel good. Yeah. And the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. And sexy underwear. Yes. Yes, Keris. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Take note. That's <laughs> me with big, big pants. Your big Bridget Jones. Underwear. Is it Bridget Jones? Yeah. Yeah. This is a quick question now, uh, which is pretty good because we've just uh, had two big ones, I guess. But that's our fault, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is from Helen Spall. Which should we be eating, white or brown? Is brown treated the same as whole grain? This is a really, really e- easy one to answer because, obviously, there was this whole thing of brown rice is better than white rice, yada, yada, yada. But essentially, the nutritional values of brown rice and white rice are almost identical. Um, there's very little in it. Uh, however, we often recommend white rice over brown or whole grain uh, purely because it's just easier for the body to digest it. A lot of people just find it just a far, far easier uh, carb source to, uh, to to process in the body, etc., and have less. Yeah, I, I mean, the only thing I add to that is I'm actually writing a, a series of blogs at the moment on carbohydrates and everything from how they're broken down in the body to the different sources and how you make the best choices and how you can measure your own blood glucose. Um, so do keep checking out the Fitter. It's actually fitterlondon.co.uk website, um, writing all of this up. But Matt's pretty much hit the nail on the head. When you're eating rice, all you essentially want from rice is glucose. We were always led to believe that brown rice was healthier because you'd get that bran outer layer. So obviously it has... In terms of being released into the bloodstream, the, the bran, the fibre would slow that down. So um, it has a, a lower GI or G, a glycemic load. But really um, what's sort of been um, observed is 
in terms of how foods affect your insulin levels, adding fats um, makes such a big difference. If you added fat to white rice, you can really slow down the release of the glucose, but it's always worth using a monitor to test. So, um, and yeah, the the brown rice, uh, because it's got that, that sort of um, amount of fibre in it, it could bind to things like zinc and some of the minerals that don't get... Um, digested as well if we've got a bit, bit too much fibre in that meal. So um, we would tend to favour uh, white rice, really. I just think if you prefer brown rice and want to have it, absolutely yeah, go for no it. No drama. They're both offering you the same thing, which is just carbohydrates. Maybe use a glucose monitor to test if you are looking for a fat loss goal and want to know just, just which one would suit you better for that. Uh, but if you are a highly active individual, after intense exercise, you definitely want probably white over brown. Well, that's the key as well, is like, you know, you know, we 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 love carbs. Carbs are essential you for we 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 it's a bit like Porky Pig, isn't it? <laughs> you know, carbs are essential for health, performance, etc. And and there are, of course are far more nutrient dense options than rice. You know, so don't get into the habit of just using that as a carb source all the time. But like Keris said, it does entirely depend on your goals as well. You know, be it fat loss, yada yada. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. rice certainly has its place and. I love it as part of a post-workout meal for sure. I'd say, uh, like, I prefer brown to white, but I Brilliant. like I like white rice as sushi. In terms of um, one of the best ways to cook rice, actually, is um, either to steam or boil it, of course, um, rather than doing sort of like egg fried rice, but also to um, cook it in stock. So that's a mm. great way to add some nutrients. So if you are making bone broth, um, just just actually boiling up the rice in some broth is a great way and obviously then you can have things like paella as well so add some seafood to it so because it's so versatile it's it's a good carb source uh guys i hope that you uh, got something out of those questions there uh, we spent a good chunk of time on the intro and just a bit of general chit chat but i hope you enjoyed that um that we've got a ton more questions here but time has just ran away from us but we will cover them in the next episode there's some great questions here on uh, increasing muscle mass through uh, you know, like eating natural foods, etc., um, and other questions on like psoriasis, yada yada. Like lots of really, really good questions in there. Don't take my yada yada as meaning it's not important because it is. Um, but yeah, hope you enjoyed it, guys. We will answer the rest of the questions and probably a few more um, from previous posts when we've asked to get questions in because there were some crackers there. Hope you enjoyed episode number 30. Look out for the Women's Health Conference, which may not even be called the Women's Health Conference. Uh, details will be up on our website and on the Facebook page very, very soon. Have an epic day, folks. Ladies, believe in yourself. Be confident. Be sexy. And Wear we, a thong. Wear, wear a thong. <laughs> and eat your carbs. Uh, we will see you or speak to you in episode 31. Ta-ra. Bye.